Welcome to the Milk Bottle e-commerce show, brought to you by Milk Bottle Labs, Ireland's top-rated and officially accredited Shopify and Klaviyo e-commerce experts. Founder Keith Matthews interviews e-commerce professionals, app developers and entrepreneurs to share as much digital knowledge and e-commerce tips and tricks as possible. This podcast is kindly supported by our go-to e-commerce tools. Rewind.io, the leading backup solution for Shopify, BigCommerce, Trello and more. Let's just say it's the cheapest insurance policy you'll ever get for your Shopify store and all your valuable data. Simply go to rewind.io forward slash milk bottle to get your first month for free. Our go-to Shopify application to supercharge in-store pickup and local delivery on your Shopify store is Zapiet. It's fully customizable and scalable from one location to thousands. Backed by outstanding customer support, it's no wonder Zapiet is trusted by over 10,000 plus stores across 150 countries. Now over to your host, Keith Matthews. Hey folks, welcome back. My guest today is Fran Quilty. He is a former Accenture data analyst and now a serial entrepreneur with a focus on businesses serving the e-commerce sector for the past four years. One of which, revenue-based financing business Wayflyer, achieved unicorn status in just over two years. He's on a mission to make data analytics accessible to e-commerce companies of all sizes. Conjura works with many large and small-scale and mid-tier e-commerce operators in the UK, Europe and the US. In addition, the Conjura platform is used by PE and VC organisations to make investment decisions in consumer businesses. Today, we'll focus on the benchmarks report from Conjura, which could be very beneficial to you if you are running a scaling online business. Fran, welcome. Thanks, Keith. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. I noticed in my research that you were a pharmacist. We have had quite a few pharmacists in that chair. <laughs> you were a pharmacist and then you, all, you you were in academia for a few years after that, were you? Correct, yeah. So I guess like a lot of conservative Irish parents, my parents were very, uh, we were always promoting safe jobs and professions. So they were kind of steering me towards pharmacy, um, which, you know, at the at the time seemed like a, you know, a great choice. And, and, I, and I did have, you know, a few few years as community pharmacist that I definitely enjoyed, but probably figured out after four or five years as a pharmacist that I wasn't learning very much. And I think that the real part of the pharmacy job that people enjoy the most is talking to the public. And it's probably the part of the job that I didn't enjoy that much. So I, I'm probably more of an introvert and definitely love learning. Um, so I guess for that reason, my career pivoted like a lot of pharmacists do actually. And went down the PhD route really just to kind of get some qualifications to, to, to make an adjustment in my career. So your PhD, was that in analytics, maths? What what, what was no, your that chosen was, subject? That was actually in, in cell biology, which wow. is still very pharmaceutical. And during that PhD, um, actually in Trinity, they, they encourage you to do a diploma in stats, which they, they sort of provide for free. Um, so I did that as part of my kind of analysis of experiments and... I think it was the thing I enjoyed the most about the PhD. It was, it was that stats element. And once I kind of, I felt that kind of hook, I, I really looked at analytics as a career um, and, and went to Accenture once I'd finished my PhD. That's a very broad depth of experience. Yeah. It's kind of confusing in a way because it's probably hard to, like you've, you've dealt with the public, you've yeah. a science qualification. Was your postgraduate in science? It was, yeah, I was in the soft so steel cancer essentially yeah, yeah, as a yeah. topic. But, you know, like... I think the skills I picked up from the PhD were more about resilience and managing your time and managing yourself and, you know, definitely skills that are quite suitable for an entrepreneur. 
um, rather than the specifics of, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose if you look at it that way, it's quite, quite, <laughs> quite a few qualifications. Yeah. But. I have met quite a few pharmacists over the last few years through, and so in some cases through this, this kind of platform for conversation. Mm. And a lot of them are exiting the industry. The impression that I get from a lot of people is that it, when they graduate and when they work in it for a few years, it's not what really they thought 100% it was going to be. So, Yeah, and I'd say your career you know, just covered, your career is kind of capped a little bit unless you, essentially unless you start opening your own stores. So yeah. I guess some people will be super ambitious and, and you know, don't see the path to, to sort of progressing. Um, so yeah, yeah, you see a lot of people kind of leaving pharmacy. Yeah. Although, having said that, to finish on that point, you could probably say that about every single yeah. qualification or, or, or career. Um, we were speaking earlier on and the conversation moved straight away to Wayflyer. And the reason I'm interested in is that most of our listeners will more than likely be very familiar with Wayflyer. So you were involved in Wayflyer from the very start, is that correct? Yeah, so I guess um, Aidan Corbett and I uh, co-founded Conjura together with actually Simon Dini, And we... We started out in 2018, I suppose, building an analytics business. Um, and while we were onboarding smaller customers at the time, we noticed that some of these customers had great, you know, unit economics, but they didn't have enough working capital. So we thought that we could use our analytics to, to make some loans. And we started loaning initially uh, through Conjura. And I suppose that, that business is very different to the analytics business. So we decided to spin it out as a separate business. So at that point, Aiden and Jack Pierce, who came on board, went off to run Wayflyer. And, you know, Simon and I kind of stayed to, to grow Conjura. So unusually for a startup, we've spun out a, a unicorn, but, yeah. you know, Conjura is still yeah. 100% of our focus now. Yeah, it's fantastic and, and well done. It's quite amazing how you think of one thing and then look at they call it a pivot in tech but you didn't pivot because Conjura is obviously a very successful entity in itself so Conjura is five years old Correct. what exactly does Conjura do so Conjura is an e-commerce analytics solution so we take data in from all the different systems that e-commerce businesses use and I guess to frame this you know in the last three or four years tech, e-commerce technology has been commoditized so the barrier to entry to e-commerce is quite low. Businesses, as everybody knows in this podcast, can spin up a store you know, reasonably quickly. Yeah. Um, but all these different cloud-based tools that are now available and that are excellent do result in kind of data being stuck in various places. So we are solving that issue. You know, we're getting that data out of all those systems, joining it together, and essentially making it usable for e-commerce operators to make decisions. So to the to the store owner that's that's had a great purple patch over the last um, let's say t- uh, 2019, 2020, and they're now running a business that's heading for seven figures or is doing seven figures. What does Conjura offer to that type of client? So we, I guess we would we would say that we help you leverage all that data to its full potential. So you know, a lot of a lot of data sitting in in I suppose in different places it can really be enriched when it's joined together. So, you know, for example, understanding, you know, lifetime value of customers, both by kind of channels of acquisition or by the product of first purchase or by, you know, the payment method or delivery method. So 
for, you know, getting all of the information sort of blended together makes a huge difference, I think, to, to operators who, who run their business, you know, through data. So uh, we've had little data mm. on here, and I'm sure you're, you're yeah. well aware of who little data are. Um, for the listeners, I interviewed their founder, I think it was last year, and they have a kind of a, a supercharged plug-in for analytics and for, again, for data. Are you plugging in all of these other areas of data, or are you just talking about, like, are you plugging in, for example, to Clavio? And taking all of the channels of data into one dashboard, is that what you're doing? Yeah, we're probably even more holistic than that. So we, you know, I'd say a lot of our customers get a huge amount of, we're very into product and operations, you know, as well. So, you know, stock, warehousing, ah. fulfillment, 3PL. So okay. we go wide, you know, in terms of breadth. Um, obviously, we cover marketing and, you know, kind of customer analytics as well, but it's, you know, it is, a, is it is it's definitely a nuanced space um i'd say the thing that we probably differentiate ourselves on is that breadth you know we, we do cover quite a lot of functions within e-commerce so conjure is it's a business transformation piece of software really so it's not just looking at profitability or looking at it's also looking at operational issues correct so if you're if you're plugged into a 3pl then in actual fact conjure would it be able to tell you for example the time between order and delivery, those kind of, I wouldn't call them metadata, but really, really minute details. Yeah. So, um, and we've, it's interesting, you know, the lowest hanging fruit in e-commerce has been marketing analytics and probably customer analytics next. And I think over the last two years, we've realized that sort of product and operations has been ignored by a lot of businesses. And, you know, as, as things have tightened up this year, they've t sort of taken a bit of a look at operations and, you know, this can be simple stuff like the importance of delivery, like your delivery is going on time and, and issues in delivery and, you know, chasing up the 3PL providers to give you a better service or just the stock sitting in different warehouses and, you know, being a bit more proactive and moving things around or, you know, liquidating it or whatever decision you make. So I think, I suppose, analytics is catching up now in the operation space to where it has been for a few years in the marketing and customer space. Yeah. And I think, Fran, if you deliver that to a business owner or to a staff member, in a way which is easy to interpret, those stats actually become more important, don't they? They definitely do. And like that, I suppose the post-purchase experience is what I've learned about e-commerce. You know, e-commerce is obviously a thousand different things going on, but that post-purchase experience is so important for repeat purchases. Um, you know, the speed, the cost of delivery, the speed of delivery, the kind of way you handle returns. Um, it's probably underestimated by, by a lot of operators. Yeah, and the Americans refer to it as the last mile, don't they, mm, in logistics? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So the Conjura Benchmarks Report for 2022, can you explain what that is? Yeah. That's uh, one of the, I think personally, it's one of the kind of cleverest publications that I've heard of in the last few months. Yeah, so I think the, the background to this is actually quite interesting. So we've, I suppose for a while, we've been using our technology um, in, in a couple of different ways. And one of those ways was analyzing a business very quickly for investors. So when we start talking to you know investors, this could be private equity or brands buying other brands, they've always kind of asked us, you know, if you see a particular metric for a business that you're almost due diligencing, um, is that good? Like, you know, how does that compare with other customers you see? And at the same time, then we've, you know, we had our customers using probably services like More2, um, who would come in every, you know, six months and, you know, bring in an Excel sheet and sort of take your metrics 
from an Excel sheet and they would provide their customer metrics from an Excel sheet and they'd kind of generate a report manually. Uh, and we're going to tell you how you're ranking over the last six months against their other customer base. And I, I suppose that was a, you know, a kind of incredible moment for us of realizing, God, we, we can actually automate this to an incredible extent, you know, so we can, we can let operators know what's happening on a daily basis, you know, compared to the market, whereas, you know, more too would come in you know, every six months. In the last three years, it's been so changeable, you know, the volatility in the market. A lot of the forecasts have been sort of ripped up with operators. You know, our customers were kind of saying, comparing what last year doesn't make sense, no, you know, comparing what our forecast doesn't make sense. So we, yeah. we're, they're sort of lost in how they compare performance. Um, so it was, it was a combination of all those things, you know, pushed us in, in an, this direction of building a benchmark component to our product. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because the one question that we get as an agency inside stores is how are we doing versus our competitors? Now, we can't tell anybody how anybody is doing, nor would we ever do it. But we can say to people, well, in actual fact, and mo most stores that we see are down 15, 20%. And that's a really important point. You can't compare to last year or even the year before. And it, it makes managing a business really, really difficult mm -hmm. when somebody is telling you in actual fact, you've no numbers to compare off. Yeah. You know? So if we dig deeper into those numbers then, right? Yeah. Um, is there any trends that you can see besides the obvious ones yeah, over so the last 12 months? Like, I suppose, um, you know, as most of us probably are aware through the media, like one of the big ones, and this is a particularly for Conjura as well as, you know, the UK and Ireland is probably one of the biggest hit territories globally for for sort of consumer spending. So, you know, all our UK and Irish customers are down, as you said, they're actually down about pretty much every month in 2022, as far as I'm aware, is, full, is down year on year, um, which is kind of unprecedented. And, you know, as, yeah, the year to date, is, I think it's down about 12%, you know, across the board is, is yeah. median. But um, that's not the case in the US, certainly not the case in Europe. We've seen some of our customers who are in multiple territories get a huge amount of relief from being you know, spread across. Yeah. So the US is, I think, is, is up about 14.5% this year on last year. Um, obviously, that's down probably on the growth in 2021, but it's still growth all the same. Just hold that thought for one second, Fran, and we will listen to our sponsors. Rewind.io is the leading data backup solution for your Shopify store. Did you know that there is no way of recovering lost data in Shopify? If your store is gaining traction, you may have multiple staff or third-party developers entering your store. Mistakes can happen and data can be easily deleted. Rewind.io puts you in control of your data, allowing you to restore anything accidentally lost from a single image to an entire store. It acts as a pretty cheap insurance policy for your Shopify account. At Millbottle, we help clients reduce their business risk by installing Rewind in every single store before we make any changes. Get your first month for free by simply replying to your sign-up email. It's interesting what you say about the States because uh, I would be in communication with some agency owners in the States on a, through, through a Slack channel, private Slack channel. And uh, most of them are seeing business flat or just slight growth, which kind of matches yeah. what you say. Yeah. Is there any vertical that, that has completely you know, shocked you? Or is there any one stat that you, you look at, you go, wow, that's mad. Is, it, is there a state or a, a certain a sector that, that is uh, astounding or beating, beating everybody? Yeah, so a lot of this will, will make sense, I suppose, if you think about it. But the, the vertical that was most hit this year has been sort of home and garden. Um, now that's, 
you know, if you think about it, it is a product type that a lot of people like to sort of browse, you know, if you're going to Woody's or wherever you go. Yeah. Um, and it, so it, it has been hit quite badly this year. Um, beauty has held the most of all the verticals. And again, beauty is something that people are sort of trained on, you know, to buy. replenishing and replenishing, trained yeah. replenishing online is, is kind of a behavioral change now. We have noticed beauty are discounting more this year. So, um, but they have been holding strong growth. So just on the whole beauty thing, though, I am amazed at the amount of websites that just sell the very, very same thing as thousands of other websites. Yeah. Like, it seems to me that in beauty, the distribution channel isn't really controlled in any way. Yeah. Like, if you approach a, a beauty distributor for a, a cream, they'll just sell it to you. I've, no, I've noticed in, in Google and Google Ads, they're all competing with each other for the same keyword. Mm. And I, I have to, I, sometimes I just question and go, like, we've got some customers that are in the, the beauty space and we built some stores for people, you know, three or four years ago. And they go, you know, they, they'll come to us two years later and they go, you know, can you let us know if we're doing anything wrong? And I'll just go, well, you're, you're selling the very same thing as the, the other person and you're just copying the leaders. Would it be right to say that the, the really successful beauty DCC brands in the States are actually creating their own product? Yeah, like uh, there's actually even more to dive into there. But uh, like there's a, a business called Beauty Pie that's absolutely crushing it at the moment. And they have kind of, changed the model even more than that. So they're almost cutting out middlemen completely. So they're sort of a website that goes straight to manufacturers and have a have an unusual model where you sort of pay a subscription to access the, all the products they have, but they've cut a huge amount of margin out. by, by So it's, so it's, it's manufacturers cheaper. straight to consumers. Right. And these manufacturers make the same creams for L'Oreal, for all the, the top brands. So there's a lot of disruption for sure, Yeah. Yeah. In terms of geography and in terms of the rest of the world, is there a, is there any trend in any particular market that is undeveloped and you can see a, a, a spike? Any any anything interesting on that side, or is it, is is the world just flat and uninteresting when it comes to e-commerce? No, I think there's there's lots of stuff. Yeah, it's I suppose it's you know it's, there's all pockets of stuff to unpack in terms of um, like Asia has been performing really well for for a lot of our US and your and UK brands. Um, They've sort of been, I suppose, find they're still finding it less competitive, you know, to go in there with with products, um, and, and sort of concentrate on the main channels in Asia. Asia is obviously very different, you know, in terms of mm. the type of the, the way you know Tmall yeah. and all the channels that you go to in China. Mm. Um, but so diversifying territories has worked really well for some of our customers. So as you say, to beat this, if you're an ambitious e-commerce brand, you really have to be selling and and actually targeting all of these different territories. Absolutely. And so there is an investment, obviously. So, you know, you can't spin a new territory up straight away. And you've got to, probably takes about six months to to get a a territory going properly. So, you know, but again, I suppose the cost of spinning up a Shopify store and a local website isn't huge, you know. So so businesses are getting success. Okay. Clavio have a wonderful benchmarks tool. And it's available to everybody on, on the Clave account where it shows the vertical and it shows you what you are relative to, in terms of your open rate, your spam rate, you know, your, your conversion rate. And I see a lot of pros towards benchmarking, but is there any, there's no, is there any cons around benchmarking? Yeah, look, you know, I guess there, there's a value exchange here, with, you know, when you, so the Conjura benchmarking tool, you are granting us access to your data and that's, that's an uncomfortable thing for some businesses, you know, so there's, I suppose to, to explain you know, you've got the, a data leak risk, I guess, you know, like Conjure, we concentrate a lot on data security, but 
theoretically you have another place where your data is stored. Businesses are always worried about their competitors finding out information. You know, that wouldn't be possible. No, you'd aggregate you'd the aggregate data together. Data, yeah. So it's all, yeah. it's all sort of aggregated. Um, there, there are things like you know GDPR deletion requests. So if a customer wants their record, you've got to pass that on to Conjura, and we've got yeah. to do it as well. So, yeah. you know, I, I would cons- I say we have a good answer to all those questions. But you know, I, we understand the the nature. I, I suppose the other thing, when we get API access to to tools, you know, even like Google Ads, we technically have access to, and, and the way it's set up, we can we can actually amend ad campaigns, even though we don't. But you know, you do see on the on the page that Conjure has full admin access, yeah. so that can be a little bit uncomfortable. So straight away, like compliance is obviously a major part of your business, yes. and you're dealing with territories with different rules. I believe that there's a rumor now that the UK are, are thinking of writing their own GDPR legislation. Best to look with that, fellas. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So compliance is 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 um, compliance obviously front and center. Is it is it difficult to explain that to customers because the average Shopify store about five years ago had sixteen apps and now we can see the numbers raising significantly because mm. there's a lot of what would you say sleeping apps that are just yeah. base, basic connectors. They're not yeah. actually apps that are you know busy on a daily basis. Um, and Shopify users in by their nature will just download an app and accept the terms and conditions when somebody goes in and connects to, to Conjura, is that something that you have to sell or do they just connect? Um, oh, you definitely, you know, we have to guide some people over the line, I would say, but mostly businesses connect, just connect. And what's what I found interesting is even, you know, we, we've had German businesses sign up and Germany's always been notoriously conservative with sharing data. And I think the new wave of younger e-commerce businesses are much more open they're much more open to share data and, yeah. you know, it's it's less regulated or less, you know, there's less kind of but, worry about it. But Fran, if you're sharing your data and then you're getting a benchmarks report back, surely that's probably the most advantageous sharing of data that you could possibly engage in. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's, to me, you know, and a, and a great example is we are, you know, we're heading into Black, obviously Black Friday and Cyber Week. The Conjurer benchmarks are going to be refreshing daily. You get a read on how much discounting is going on between your competitors. You get a read on what channels are contributing to traffic. So, you know, how much affiliates is playing a role with your competitors, you know, in your ver- in certain verticals. Like it's incredible information for operators. Yeah. So in, um, in actual fact, if you're running a business which is sufficient, you could have somebody watching the benchmarks. You could ch- be making business decisions on a daily basis absolutely. between Black Friday and Christmas, which would have a fundamental impact on revenue. Absolutely. Like it's, you know, I think what we've heard from our customers is a lot of businesses are overstocked. You know, there's a so businesses, because they got caught out last year with supply chain issues, they overordered and then the signs of a recession coming. So yeah. um, it looks like a lot of businesses will have too much stock and they have discounting decisions to make. So... It's quite interesting to see what's happening with your competitors in that world. So, you know, it helps you kind of come to a decision. So the Conjura data you mentioned earlier on about inventory. So is that part of the benchmarks? So we are actually, well, this is part of our short-term roadmap. Yeah, so we're, stock is on our uh, on our list for the next release, which, you know, is coming in the next few weeks. Um, so we, at the moment, we cover sort of marketing, traffic, revenue, Discounting, cost of acquisition, lifetime value—so a lot of yeah. a lot of key metrics. Um, but but stock and and product metrics are are coming next. So Fran, 
if I was a, a, a store owner, how would I get involved and how would I get access to that benchmark data? Yeah, so it's very easy. So um, if you go onto the Conjurer website, uh, you can you can actually sign up straight away to the benchmark tool, which we don't charge for the the, the main benchmark offering. And we do have a premium offering, which is has got some extra features, but a lot of businesses get a huge amount of value out of the free offering. So you you, you sign up essentially and authenticate Conjurer into your you know Shopify app and other apps like you do in most analytics solutions, I guess. And um, before we press record, you shared the fact that you're also going to be publishing uh, snippets of those benchmark reports across the busiest period, aren't you? Yeah. So the one thing we're really keen on doing is um, sharing a lot of this information widely to the market. So, you know, DAFT do a great report, I suppose, in the housing market, and we want to do Conjura e-commerce reports. So I would say for anyone that's interested, keep an eye out because we're going to be publishing a lot of content where, you know, even if you haven't signed up to the benchmark tool, you can get a, a good read on how, what we see happening in the market. So. Perfect. And I know that Milk Bottle will be sharing those reports as well. Um, and we'll place all of the links to Conjura and that benchmark area um, in the show notes. Excellent. Fran, thank you very much for your time. Brilliant. You're very welcome. Pete. Thanks thank and all, all the best. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. All of our episodes are available on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts. A special note of appreciation goes to our sponsors, Rewind.io, the leading backup solution for Shopify store owners. Get your first month of Rewind for free by simply responding to any welcome email once you sign up for your free trial on Rewind.io. If you're a Shopify user with an exciting story to tell, reach out to the team on podcast at milkbottlelabs.com. Until the next time, take care.